Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Make sure to check out the video version of this podcast at youtube.com slash game of microphones. See everything you're missing. Princess Rhaenyra. I'm Queen Rhaenyra now. And you all are traitors to the realm. And now, from the crypts of Winterfell, it's your favorite podcast of thrones. Game of Microphones. With Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, the Fearsome. Winter is here. Good morrow and welcome to Game of Microphones. We've just finished the House of the Dragon season finale. It's me, Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan the Fearsome, joined by special guest, Sir Matthew of House Rep. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going good. It's going good, man. That... That finale, that was something else, man. <laughs> Blood was spilled. Wow. Wow. Craziness. This was a tense episode. Uh, everything started off really calm and peaceful for the most part uh, until Rainey's showed up. And mm-hmm. when Rainey's showed up, it was like uh, they didn't know about any any of the stuff that had happened so they were probably just assuming that Rhaenys was there with word of Corliss which is mm-hmm. what Rhaenyra seemed to suggest she's like oh have you have you word of Corliss's arrival and it's then that we learn that the king is dead and I mean they were they were only just at King's Landing maybe 2 days ago yeah in their time so I mean, we've right. had two weeks since that last supper, but for them, it's just <laughs> been 
<laughs> yeah, like two days. And uh, at the supper, Alicent had said, you know, you'll make a great queen. So there was no reason for Rhaenyra to suspect that even if Viserys had died, that they mm-hmm. would go ahead and crown Aegon, right? So she's completely blindsided by the news of that. Apparently, Allison had no idea either. Yeah, um, that's true. It seemed like Allison was ready to go on uh, forward with Rhaenyra's uh, succession with, uh, you know, how she was complimenting her at dinner, saying she'd make a great mm. queen. And then, obviously, we learned that Otto has been planning and secret plotting behind her back. Uh, last episode at the start, which com- caught her completely off guard. It was like, it's kind of interesting uh, parallels between the green and black queens. You know, they both were completely caught off guard at the beginning of the episode. Last episode, the green queen. The- this episode, the black queen. Oh, man. What, what was your favorite part of this episode, do you think? Uh, the best part and also the most heartbreaking would have had to been the well maybe not the most heartbreaking being as though uh Rhaenyra lost her child right after hearing about her father so she lost so much this episode she lost the uh her claim because it had been usurped from out from under her she lost her she had her miscarriage she lost her father and then losing her Luceris at the end also. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I was getting some Daenera, Daenera, uh, Daenerys vibes at the end when she turns towards the camera and she's all mad. It reminded me of Daenerys sitting on top of her dragon as the bells tolled right before mm-hmm. she decided to burn King's Landing. There's, um, there's a lot of similarities between Danny and Rhaenyra. Uh, Rhaenyra. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't tell so much with the uh the child in tonight's episode but uh in the book uh Rhaenyra uh her daughter Vicenia who who did not live uh Mushroom the Fool describes her of having all these dragon-like birth defects and being oh. twisted and malformed and um the, the same as when Danny gave well lost the stallion who would mount the world before right, throwing herself Mazdur. into the yeah, that baby was supposed to be all malformed and, and demon-like Scaly, itself. Twisted, the bones, the skin sloughing off the bones, uh, mm-hmm. hideous, scaly skin. I thought for a second that might be what was happening at the beginning with the miscarriage. And I still wasn't able really to tell if there were some de- deformities. Uh, there was a lot of blood on the poor baby. Um I thought mm-hmm. from a couple angles, there may have been some disfigurement, some weird dragon stuff going on. But then again, I'm not really sure. So <laughs> I don't want to say one way or another. I don't want to have thought, to be like pausing and looking at that. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I thought we saw a, a flash or a frame of something scaly in there. So Yeah, I might have seen. Yeah, uh, might have seen something. It was interesting that Cyrax, when she was trying to give birth. And all of the handmaidens were begging to help her as she was writhing and in pain. Mm-hmm. And we kept getting flashes of Cyrax during that sequence. Isn't that right? It was like she's having a mind connection with her dragon yeah. who was like, no, Rah! roaring in the, in the background. And man, that's so brutal. Even after that, the both queens seem to like seek for peace, but then we have Otto and Damon who are just screaming for war. Yeah, yeah. Damon, Damon was just 
you know, my mom was like, why is he talking so much? You know, like, what, what's, what's, what's up with that? Because uh, obviously Rhaenyra has just made queen and it's like, Damon, you're like going out of bounds here. You're, you're mm-hmm. taking too much power, making too many decisions. Um, but at the well, same he, time, he, he, you know, has battle experience and he's probably been wargaming this inevitability in his head for a long time. What were you going to say? I was going to say he immediately jumps to regicide, you know, he, he, right. he thinks someone did him in, you know, mm-hmm. which I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know if I believe in all of that, but <laughs> I think it was a, a, a natural death, but they sure didn't waste like. any time. That's true. Yeah. It seemed like it was, you know, that Viserys went out peacefully and uh, naturally, like you said, she tried to help him out with some milk of the poppy and she seemed legitimately uh bereaved or you know upset the next uh the next morning but yeah uh, allison's not going to be too happy her her eldest son is a complete mess and now her middle oh. child went and <laughs> murdered the middle middle child of uh you know the the true heir i guess yeah it's <laughs> pretty bad pushing pushing further towards war pretty bad um and the craziest part too that the boys who ended up starting the conflict at the end it didn't seem like either of them wanted it you know Mm -hmm. uh luceris was screaming you know serve me obey me erics and erics was just freaked out by the bigger dragon you know Mm -hmm. and came came and flamed him it's like um aemond just had he thought he had enough control where he could play prey with a smaller dragon and vagar is just like yeah doesn't think that way you when you signal prey for a dragon it seems like the dragon thinks that that's prey and he's trying to grab him and and you know all of that and eric's feels like he's being hunted and uh, vagar's seen true combat eric's was is just a baby you know like true he's the one that we saw uh, episode what three or four when um the pink dread was brought out was that luke getting his dragon uh yeah that was when luke was he was training with vermax vermax yeah and i think um i think i'm broadcasting in too much detail we're not getting enough data out to stream smoothly so let me pause for a second here and Mm -hmm. fix to a different uh resolution give us one sec guys okay sorry about that where were we uh we were talking about uh the dragon fight oh yeah the accidental dragon fight i mean um when you're that small of a dragon obviously you're spooked by vagar who's what five times the size yeah (laughs) at least uh, like it, it, Eric's probably just, you know, tried its best to shoot some flame at him, distract him a little bit so he can get away. But Vagar, once that insult was made, he wasn't going to let that stand. Yeah, seriously. And Vagar seen real combat. That's true. Probably. Vagar is like the oldest living thing on earth potentially at this point with Balerion out of the picture and the most experienced warfighter that there is. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, uh, Daemon is going through all the dragons that they have on their side and listing the dragons. 
that the Greens have. But he didn't mention Vagar, did he? I was like the whole time sitting there like, dude, Vagar, what about Vagar? <laughs> You're like leaving out that they have the biggest, most uh-huh. powerful dragon of all at their disposal, which could be <laughs> a big problem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so brutal. Um, that sapphire in oh, Heyman's yeah. eye. That was so cool. So I had heard some people talking about that. So I was uh, a little bit, you know, I spoiled. It wasn't like a big deal, but I was spoiled on that detail. So when he pulled it off, I was like, oh, yeah, the sapphire. That's that's baller. Like if you're going to go without an eye, that's the, that's the way to that's do it. That's the way it. to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah some kind of cool ass gemstone. <laughs> that was awesome. I really liked that. And uh, when... You know that you know that there was something something bad was going to happen when Rhaenyra is having the little one-on-one moment with Lucerys, and she's like, "Don't worry, everything's going to uh-huh. be fine. Oros is honorable, uh, although it wasn't he who swore had sworn the oath; it was his older brother or father or something." And mm-hmm. so, this is a new Lord of of uh, Storm's, Storm's End. End. Is that the yeah. first time we've seen Storm's End? We had seen an interior chamber during Rhaenyra's... The, oh, yeah, the, the parade of uh, suitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was sent around to... Instead of having the suitors come to them, <laughs> they uh-huh. sent her off all over the Seven Kingdoms, which is kind uh. of demeaning. Like, she's a piece of meat putting on dis- being put on display. And But, yeah, we had the scene. That's where um, we got the, the Blackwood and Bracken confrontation. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the, the young Bracken... The young Blackwood bro took out the older Bracken guy. Is that right? Yeah, I think I got those mm-hmm. houses right there. Gutted him. And that fight within the halls of Storm's End kind of foreshadowed this fight that almost took place within Storm's End, you know, between <laughs> yeah. a larger and smaller foe. Yeah, Boros, he said he won't have bloodshed in his hall. I mean, I guess maybe yeah. he, he forgot. But I, yeah, the the description of Storm's End was just always like so impressive. This towering castle on the very edge of a cliff face. Nice. But, like, I wonder how much rain they get for it to be called Storm's End, and it definitely. Uh, yeah, it's got the thickest walls in the of any castle in the kingdom to combat those bashing waves of, waves the, of, of the wind the shore yeah it's like the florida of <laughs> of westeros i get right because they got all the hurricanes <laughs> down there <laughs> similar location isn't it is it not yeah yes yeah, southeast East. yeah that's pretty mm-hmm. funny <laughs> yeah really crazy and oh man when arax lands and lucerus hops off and he's walking through the courtyard and He's, you see the, the, the soldiers in front of him between him and the castle entry and that's foreboding enough. But then mm-hmm. the thunder, the lightning cracks and you see the giant Vagar in the background with his big old turkey gobble hanging down. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell him a mile away just from that, but also because he's big enough so that you could probably see him from, <laughs> from a mile away, literally. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't see him once they were flying in. Uh, yeah. I guess the weather had something to do with that. True, true. Dude, that was crazy. That was, was it was that the first illiterate lord that we've seen? <laughs> oh, you think that's what they were actually implying that he couldn't read it? I wasn't sure if he was well, he like, didn't beneath even, me to read he it. He didn't even you know? bother opening it, and then he had the maester read it and whisper it in his ear. <laughs> oh, inter- whispering in his ear. Yeah, I didn't 
I was more like focused on uh, Luceris and Amond that I, I that, that sort of just flew right past me. Uh, so yeah, I could, I could be projecting because he seemed like such a buffoon. But <laughs> he was he was a rather rather dickish, you know, especially <laughs> compared to uh, Boromund or. Bormund Baratheon, the previous lord when Rhaenyra was there, who seemed much friendlier towards Rhaenyra's, uh, you know, Rhaenyra and her cause and stuff at the time. One of the lords that did swear fealty when Viserys proclaimed her the heir. Um, what do you think is going to happen with uh, the Starks and the Tullys? Uh, I don't know. Um... We know we're predisposed to know the Starks as being like completely honorable and loyal, like their word is bond. Mm-hmm. But uh, that could just be from you know the prejudice from Game of Thrones. You know, who knows if Cregan Stark is anything like his uh, descendants? You know, true. Yeah, there are. There's got to be some variation between each generation, as we saw with uh, Storm's End. I'm realizing now that for some reason the YouTube stream is on unlisted, so that's not, that's not very helpful. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know how to change that. Amateur streamer here, guys. <laughs> FYI, um, I'll just restart it and. Sorry about that, guys. Drop it down to 720, and hopefully we'll uh, have a better quality stream. Apparently my internet doesn't want to go fast enough for us to (laughs) broadcast in 1080. All right, and now we're back on Facebook. Okay, sorry about that. Where were we? Uh, We were talking about uh, the dragon fight. Oh, yeah. Had the accidental dragon fight. I mean, um, when you're that small of a dragon, obviously you're spooked by Vagar, who's, what, five times the size? Yeah, <laughs> and, at least. Uh, like, it, it, Eric's probably just, you know, tried its best to shoot some flame at him, distract him a little bit so he can get away, but Vagar, once that insult was made, he wasn't going to let that stand. Yeah, seriously. Vagar seemed real combat. That's true. Vagar is like the oldest living thing on Earth, potentially, at this point, with Balerion out of the picture and the most experienced warfighter that there is. So, Mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning, uh, Daemon is going through all the dragons that they have on their side and listing the dragons that the greens have, but he didn't mention Vagar, did he? I was like the whole time sitting there like, dude, Vagar, what about Vagar? You're like leaving out that they have the biggest, most uh-huh. powerful dragon of all at their disposal, which could be <laughs> a big problem, you know? <laughs> so brutal. Um, that sapphire in oh, Heyman's yeah. eye. That was so cool. So I had heard some people talking about that. So I was, uh, a little bit 
you know, I spoiled. It wasn't like a big deal, but I was spoiled on that detail. So when he pulled it off, I was like, oh yeah, the Sapphire, that's, that's baller. Like if you're going to go without an eye, that's the, that's the way to that's do the way it. To go. Yeah. yeah. Some <laughs> kind of cool ass gemstone. <laughs> that was awesome. I really liked that. And uh, when, you know that, you know that there was something, something bad was going to happen when Rhaenyra is having the little one-on-one moment with Luceris and she's like, don't worry, everything's going to uh-huh. be fine. Oros is honorable. Uh, although it wasn't he who swore had sworn the oath, it was his older brother or father or something. And mm-hmm. so this is a new Lord of, of uh, Storm's, Storm's End. End. Is that the yeah. first time we've seen Storm's End? We had seen an interior chamber during Rhaenyra's. The, oh yeah, the the parade of uh, suitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was sent around to, instead of having the suitors come to them, <laughs> they uh-huh. send her off all over the Seven Kingdoms, which is kind uh. of demeaning. Like she's a piece of meat putting on dis- being put on display. And but yeah, we had the scene. That's where um, we got the the Blackwood and Bracken confrontation, mm-hmm. and <laughs> the the young Bracken. The young Blackwood bro took out the older Bracken guy. Is that right? Yeah, I think I got those mm-hmm. houses right there. Gutted him. And that fight within the halls of Storm's End kind of foreshadowed this fight that almost took place within Storm's End, <laughs> you know, between yeah. a larger and smaller foe. Yeah, Boros, he said he won't have bloodshed in his hall. I mean, I guess maybe yeah. you forgot. But I, yeah, the the description of Storm's End was just always like so impressive. This towering castle on the very edge of a cliff face. Nice. But, like, I wonder how much rain they get for it to be called Storm's End, and it definitely. Uh, yeah, it's got the thickest walls in the of any castle in the kingdom to combat those bashing waves of the the, wind the shore yeah it's like the florida of (laughs) of westeros Westeros. i get right because they got all the hurricanes (laughs) down there (laughs) similar location isn't it is it not yeah yes southeast yeah that's pretty Uh funny (laughs) yeah really crazy and oh man when arax lands and luceris hops off and he's walking through the courtyard and He's, you see the, the the soldiers in front of him between him and the castle entry and it, that's foreboding enough but then mm-hmm. crow, 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 the thunder the lightning cracks and you see the giant vagar in the background with his big old turkey gobble hanging down yeah. <laughs> you can tell him a mile away just from that but also because he's big enough so that you could probably see him from <laughs> from a mile away literally I'm, I'm surprised they didn't see him once they were flying in I yeah. guess the weather had something to do with that. True, true. Dude, that was crazy. That was crazy. Was it was that the first illiterate lord that we've seen? Oh, you think that's what they were actually implying that he couldn't read it? I wasn't sure if he was well, he like, didn't even, beneath me to read he it. He didn't even you know? bother opening it and then he had the maester read it and whisper it in his ear. <laughs> oh, inter- whispering in his ear. Yeah, I didn't I was more like focused on uh Luceris and Amond that I, I that, that sort of just flew right past me. Uh, so yeah, I could, I could be projecting because he seemed like such a buffoon. But <laughs> he was he was a rather rather dickish, you know, especially mm-hmm. compared to uh, Boromund or Boromund Baratheon, the previous lord when Rhaenyra was there, who seemed much friendlier mm-hmm. towards Rhaenyra's, uh, you know, Rhaenyra and her cause and stuff at the time. 
one of the lords that did swear fealty when Viserys proclaimed her the heir. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with uh, the Starks and the Tullys? Uh, I don't know. Um, we know we're predisposed to know the Starks as being like completely honorable and loyal. Like their word is bond, mm -hmm. but uh, that could just be from, you know, the prejudice from game of Thrones, you know, who knows if Cregan Stark is anything like his uh, descendants, you know? True. Yeah. There are, there's gotta be some variation between each generation as we saw with uh, storm's end realizing now that, for some reason, the YouTube stream is on unlisted, so that's not, that's not very helpful. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know how to change that. Amateur streamer here, guys. <laughs> FYI, um, I'll just restart it and on YouTube. Um, yeah, so. Who do they send off to, to Winterfell? Uh, it, it was they talked Jace, about Jace. Jace was going to uh, visit the Vale of Arryn and uh, Rhaenyra's aunt, it would have been. Hmm. Emma Arryn. Yeah. It, aunt or uncle, whoever the lord of, of the Vale is right now. Uh, they have blood relation to Rhaenyra and to Jace. So he's going to the Vale of Arryn, and after he goes there, he's going to go on to Winterfell. Craziness. And so he's going to do both, but the three dragon riders left Storm's mm -hmm. End. So who was the third dragon rider? Uh, Dragonstone. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at, uh, one, does, one does Storm's End... One to the Vale in Winterfell. Was the last one just uh, Rainey's uh, going to patrol whatever area that was? That it's she possible. Would take care of. Yeah, I was not sure who was who was going there. Because um, she. Oh yeah, that makes sense. She was going to be patrolling the Gullet. Is that what they called it? The Gullet. Yeah. Pretty cool nickname for the uh, for the bay there. Is that the area between Storm's End and Dragonstone? That's the big bay that you have to go through mm -hmm. to get to King's Landing. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Rhaenys. Corliss was not too stoked about this whole situation. He didn't want to pick a side. But... No. Rainey's laid the guilt trip on him. You know, <laughs> she was like, just like, you abandoned me. And so you owe me one. You know, and I think that's what ended up turning the, turning this, the favor, uh, the tide in favor of Rhaenyra there. Like, yeah. uh, they both seem surprised <laughs> when he, uh, he said that they would have the, um, the armada of the Valerians at their side. Yeah, totally. Zach says he's ready, so I'm bringing Zach in here. Oh, here we go. Here's Zach. What's up? Hey, welcome. 
what did you think, bro? Crazy, crazy. Man, that was man, that was like the beginning and her giving birth and man, just the ending. It, it's kind of a little bit of everything. That was I mean, it just overall, it just didn't I mean it was it felt like a finale at the end, but it just it was and it was focused on just the blacks, basically, um, where last week was the greens. And I was thinking like the first half was going to be Rainier found it out and what are they going to do? And then the end would be kind of everything. And we got Eamon and Vagar, but mm-hmm. ooh, wow, that was, it was really great. And I loved it, but it was, you know, I was expecting more sometimes, but then like we got a ton. So it was, it was really, I was kind of surprised by everything. I mean, no one kind of, and I remember loosely kind of what happened here in the books, but I kind of forgot the timing of it, if it was now or later in the war or whatever, but really good. So is this, this go ahead. Sorry. Point of no turning back right here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, So did this similar, uh, similar interaction occur between Amund and Lucerus in the books here with Vagar eating, (laughs) ripping to shreds Lucerus and Arax. Did that happen in the books? It did. Uh, it doesn't seem so accidental in the oh, books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Zach, isn't that what you're saying about how um, about what King Viserys had said about dragons previously? Yeah, you know, that they're, they're a power and a force that, you know, Targaryens, you know, Valerians think that they can handle and control, but really there is, you know, he rode Valerian. And and I, I mean, in my mind, in my head canon, the <laughs> older and more um, just, you know, um, um, I want to say persnickety, but that's not really the right word. Just moody that like Vagar is it, in my mind, the less controllable they would be like then the older they get, the more of their, you know, they have their own will mm-hmm. um, and their their will isn't easily you know swayed you know by a human rider and you can come up with you have all your high valyrian commands and if they feel like obeying you they will but and and when little uh luke uh rest in peace luke um, r.i.p pieces when he when he runs out to the courtyard <laughs> he runs out to the courtyard yeah and p in pieces uh too soon um <laughs> He runs out to the courtyard and the storm's howling and, you know, it storms in. So, of course, um, and he looks over there for where Vagar was parked before. Vagar is not there. Yeah, that was so, so sketchy. He's, he's freaked out. Obviously, the storm has Arax, uh, uh, Arax freaked out. And he says, focus, you know, listen, serve, uh, become uh, Likiri, Likiri, become. And um, we understand why he was given those commands because... We haven't gotten much of, I mean, Danny struggled with it some in the beginning of, you know, controlling Drogon, but, but here with, with Eamon and with Luke, they were both, you know, not really in control. Yeah, not really in control at all. And that's what Viserys had said that you can't really control a dragon, right? Something to that effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have to find the exact quote, but... And, and, you know, he never tried to go find another dragon after Pelerion died. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And it Otto showing up just like in episode two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Rhaenyra showing up on Cyrax, kind of in the same Landing place, the same, the same kind of flying around. That was cool, cool for them to kind of call back and mirror to, to what had happened there. And she walks, she lands behind the greens um, to treat with Damon in episode two. And now she's with Damon. She kind of comes from behind Otto and his goons and, um, treats with Otto there for a few minutes and Damon wants none of it. And throughout the episode, she's trying to be you know, as calm and measured. And like uh, Rainey's is telling Corliss that everybody else, all her advisors, all the Lords, all the, the Knights are pushing her to war. And obviously Damon included more so than anybody probably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she's the one that's showing restraint, you know, and resolve to try to find out, to try to find the best course of action not just fly off the handle and burn them all <laughs> yet <laughs> right yeah at the end of the episode we get a different look from Rhaenyra yeah it's gonna be chaos <laughs> next season and what we're gonna have to wait two years for it probably most likely I would it. think at the least because like, I'm interested to see just this little set piece with Vagar and Arax how long how long in the cgi process that it took and filming the writers you know in the volume or whatever however they're doing it with the wind and the rain and all that just doing that part but then obviously the dragon piece of it it's all cgi how long that took and the battles that are you know to come in the dance it's gonna be so much more of that so mm-hmm. i can't wait to see the, the behind the scenes stuff have, Exactly. It's going to be really cool. I mean, once they have all the primary photography done with the actors, how long they, the CGI team, teams, probably have a CGI team for each dragon. Um, yeah. How long that's going to take in post production. They may, like, I don't, I don't know. Because I, I don't think a CGI, I mean, it's, I mean, all the Avengers movies are all CGI pretty much, but I don't know the detail they're trying to get with the dragons. I just don't know dragon dragon fights and that stuff i just don't know that's really been done to the quality and scale that they're gonna have to do it yeah. for season two and beyond so yeah like, they may i mean i could see them having a date and having to push it back because of like they're not ready to start up like episodes one two and three may be done but the time is taking to cgi and post-produce episode four five six seven eight nine ten is like there's no way we can start it on whatever the date is, you know, May first, twenty twenty four. Yeah, not. I'm not saying that's the date. I'm just making right, right. stuff up. <laughs> um, but 
it's, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a long time, I think, before, before we get the show, but you know, it's going to be good when it comes out, you know, we know that it's going to be good. Season one was really good um, yeah. with not that much dragon stuff. So, you know, be patient, you know, this toward the end of game of Thrones, there were some pretty long waiting periods in between seasons, but man, yeah, especially the, the deal season. with Vermithor. Oh yeah. What was up with that? Is was he enjoying being sung to? <laughs> Damon's just uh, didn't seem like it. he like roasted the ceiling or whatever they were at. Like so, he I don't know. That was wild. Vermithor was up with the eyes at the end of that whole sequence. Like, were, were they trying to imply like some sort of warging going on, or like hmm. Hmm. whose eyes? Both Vermithor and Damon, like oh. their, their pupils, both changed shape and kind of reflected one another interesting yeah i don't i just kind of took it as they were kind of having this kind of connection moment not like mm-hmm. dragon and rider connection but like i'm here you know i'm like when you go walking through the woods in bear country they say make as much noise as you can like he wasn't trying to sneak up on Vermouth. yeah <laughs> right um, and he's i mean he knew he he you know he's damon seemed to know exactly where where Vermithor would be um but I mean, I, w- I would think he is trying to set, and I, this part I don't remember from the books, what happens, who gets Vermithor, if anybody gets him. I know there's stuff with wild dragons and people, rando people from yeah. remember the town on Dragonstone that's like the little fisher town or the heart or the port. There's a name for it. Um, yeah, I don't remember. But just random people from there saying, oh, I'm uh, Jaharis, you know, great grand great grandchild you know of, of uh that was illegitimate and i'm gonna try to claim sea smoke or vermithor or somebody and you know some stuff some some people didn't have much luck with that in the books so there's gonna be some of that i think um but i think damon should and probably will try to set up his daughter um the younger one Raina, with Raina. vermithor was that makes the most sense to me because vermithor is the second largest dragon besides Vagar. So that's the one that they're going to want to get a rider on the most. And Superstar 6626 in the YouTube chat says that he thinks Alicent will try to cover up what happened with Vagar and Amund and Arax because uh, nobody knows exactly what happened at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they went all flying. There was a storm, you know, things happen. Yeah, right. The storm. Right. Only Eric's just Amon. Yeah, only Amon knows the truth. Um, yeah. They're over land, obviously. Like where Vagar kind of chomped, like Lucerus's body could be completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Eric's you know body was in a bunch of different pieces, oh. and Lucerus could have been part of that falling debris. But they're over the water. No chance for anybody to know the truth of what happened. Shipwreck Bay, man. Right. If they fail, dangerous to even go look. Yeah, exactly. If uh, if they, Damon got word somehow. So, you know, I don't know if they'll ever get into the details of of how they find out the news about Lucerus dying, but it could just be that they knew that he had left Storm's End, but then he just never arrived. So maybe somebody sent word from Storm's End that he had left, but then he never actually showed up to return. I don't know. I was wondering about that too. 
How does mm-hmm. Daemon know? Yeah, it was something we may kind of get a little bit more detail, but like we thought at the wedding feast when when uh, Kristen uh, pummels Joffrey, Joffrey, Joffrey. Lonmouth. Yep, so, oh, Lonmouth. We'll find out next episode how that happened and what Allison did, and then it was a six-year or ten-year time jump. It's like, no clue. Kristen <laughs> Cole just got away with it. And no clue. Oh well, on to the next thing. Yeah. So, you know, that may be one of those things where we never get any detail, but we might. Um, so there was a, we, we kind of got a little rundown and account from, from Damon about, um, there's unclaimed, dra- there's wild dragon or two, they say two wild dragons that live at the dragon mount. Sea smoke is still at, um, Driftmark. Driftmark yeah. Um, is unclaimed and named another one, I think. Silverwing? Silverwing. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Which I think was Alessane's dragon, Queen Alessane. Um, so I think he counted 16 to there to the greens three, but obviously Vagar is a big one. Yeah, he's like <laughs> six dragons of those. We got a pretty epic scene of of Damon and Caraxes uh, putting oh, yeah. the king's guard to the question, just putting them sharply to the question. Yeah, <laughs> sharply indeed. That was that was and pretty I guess crazy. That was Stefan Stefan Darklin and. Eric Cargill wasn't there yet. It was Stefan Darklin and yeah, was it that Laurent something? I can't remember it. They said his name, but at the beginning, I have to write it down. Yeah, I wasn't sure. So it was either. What a moment when, um, you know, Rhaenyra's like, nothing will be done. This is not the moment that I was talking about. I was getting ahead of myself there for some reason. But Rhaenyra's like, (laughs) Rhaenyra's like, nothing will be done until I give the command. And (laughs) Jace goes in there thinking that he could boss around Damon, (laughs) and Damon is just like. You know, he, he's like, send the ravens, do what I told you to do. The maester's kind of like, uh, okay, you know, it'll be done. <laughs> and um, that's when he takes him off to watch the watch him learn of the loyalty of the two Kingsguard. And I, that made me nervous, too, because I wasn't sure where these Kingsguard would fall once they learn that a new king has been crowned. You know, would they stay loyal to Rhaenyra or would they split? And jump to Team Green. What, what, I don't Team think they Green? had much choice. <laughs> At that moment, I don't think they had yeah. much choice. If, Damon made him an offer they, they couldn't refuse, you know, <laughs> instead of a gun to the head, a dragon <laughs> breathing fire down your throat. Offer a threat, one or the other. At least they yeah. can control the dragons enough to not have them roast people uh, <laughs> in situations like that. It would have been funny if, <laughs> the, if Caraxes comes over the top and he's like, do you too, you know, you'll have to bend the knee once more and swear loyalty to Rhaenyra and <laughs> the dragon just roasts him and Damon's like, damn it! Obey! So there's, <laughs> Obey correctly, you ruined it. <laughs> okay, Likiri. Yeah. There's typically how many Kingsguard? Seven? I think seven. That's what I was thinking in my head, at least. <laughs> so, I mean, if there's the two currently on Dragonstone, then Eric shows up with the crown. How many came with Otto when he showed up? Uh, there was at, at least three, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. so Kristen Cole and and Arik had to have been there, right? I don't know if I, I saw Kristen Cole. Week, he may have stayed behind with yeah. the Queen. Yeah, I would think he probably would. But Eric was if, there, though. If Harold, right? If mm-hmm. Harold Westerling is gone, is gone in the wing. I thought we would see him on Dragonstone this week, but we didn't. Mm, um, yeah. Then, 
I saw somebody tweet this week that said some one of the characters is the only one to appear in every episode. Because Rhaenyra and Damon weren't in the episode last week. Mm-hmm. Allison wasn't in the episode this week. Otto was, but Otto missed some episodes in the middle. True, when he when left. Rhaenyra fired. had gotten him fired. Um, so if Kristen Cole showed up on that little causeway at Dragonstone, he would. I think he would have been in every episode. But anyway, um, so yeah, there could have been. So if yeah, if if, if Stefan Darklin and that other guy were there, and then Eric with an E Cargill showed up to be Team Black, and Otto brought three, that would have left Otto. I'm sorry, that would have left Harold Westerling as the seventh. Right. So I have to go back and, and look for the King's Guard on the on that little bridge on that. There could only way. have been two. Right. So I think he had, yeah, maybe two King's Guard knights and then a few just household knights. That was um, tense, to go man. with him. And that was yeah. And they said they go ahead, they sorry. said that his ship when they said, Oh, a ship has been sighted with a green dragon. That's I mean, unless Otto did that as his own little thing, but I'm pretty sure in the books, aim as the war goes on. Aegon's sigil mm-hmm. is oh, yeah, a gold or yellow dragon on a black field. Yeah. And Rhaenyra's, yeah, Rhaenyra's, gold Rhaenyra's symbology is like a split up with Aaron in one corner and two Targaryen emblems, the classic red dragons all black, and then another house. The season, the uh, seahorse from Valerian. Yeah, so, yeah. It must be Otto's like little, his own little thing since he's like yeah. a representative of the Targaryens. So it's the Targ logo, but he's the high tower. So it's green. I don't know. But the green is, yeah, green is not seems... just like a high tower color, though. It's specifically when they like a war time color for house high tower. Correct. That's right. what they so, explained yeah. it in the show. Yeah. The yeah. green flame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pretty interesting. Pretty crazy. Um, what a great moment when Eric showed up right as they were, they had lit the pyre for the poor baby and Mm -hmm. all the spirits were down, but then Eric shows up and he's like, I mean, you know, Han brothers, you know, and the two Kings guard that are already there, Mm -hmm. sheathe their swords and he pulls out the, the crown from the satchel and it's like, Oh man, it's Viserys's crown and big, huge moment. And he just kneels and, Gives his whole spiel about, you know, he re-swears his oath to Rhaenyra whilst holding out mm-hmm. the crown for her. A pretty powerful moment. Uh, it was interesting that the Kingsguard just took his word for it, though, and <laughs> sheathed their blades and stepped aside so he could walk uh, right up to yeah. Damon. There is real symbolism going on there. You got Aegon wearing the Conqueror's crown, mm-hmm. and you have Rhaenyra who's I, I think that crown was created for Jahiris, uh the first who had like the most peaceful reign ever since the 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 conquering um yeah, so you have Aegon right. Aegon wearing the crown of the conqueror and and you have Rhaenyra with the crown of uh Viserys the peaceful you know yeah so it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly where those battle lines are drawn and which houses end up swearing to what. But yeah. Hopefully this yeah, stream is watchable. Uh, it, yeah. might, it might be buffering a lot. 
I don't know if we're going to, you know, for broadcasting very well, but, you know, oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah, I can't really remember how successful uh, Jace's trip to, to the Aaron's and to the Starks are. It seems like one or both of them end up, you know, I think they all treat him, you know, they receive him, but I can't remember what exactly happens with them in the war. But um, I was interested, it was interesting that Damon immediately wanted to go talk with uh, Grover uh, Tully. Tully. Run. So, like, do y'all know that, like, there's Grover and then El- I think his son is Elmo. And then, yes, like, Oscar. George just, George just straight up did uh, the Mupp or um, different characters for the Tullys in this point of the Westeros history. It's just pretty funny. Hilarious. Um, I have- I'm pretty sure he put Larry, Moe, and Curly in, in a house back in Game of Thrones. So. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds That's right. fucking great. It's easier to see the exterior of Storm's End. It wasn't what I had pictured with a tall tower like that. Mm. Um, All Shift, All Shift X, X was saying, was saying yeah. it, it did seem pretty accurate. With I was just thinking of this one big, huge, more like the, the round, shorter, you know, squatty types of towers at Winterfell. But like just way bigger around than that, but still not all that tall because the raging storms of Storm's End. But uh, that was cool to see the exterior of Storm's End. Um, and just, I'm really excited to see Vermithor and like what what's going to happen, who's going to claim Vermithor, the other dragons. He's um, the second largest dragon currently still alive, correct, Vermithor? Yeah. So, although George said that the most danger i can't remember if the question was dangerous or most formidable but he was you know saying that vagar and caraxes would be most hmm. whatever the question was they asked george in an interview it was like dangerous or formidable dragons he he named those two right because caraxes is um, battle go ahead mm-hmm. sorry and we got some cool movements when caraxes came out when damon was was questioning the two kings guard and he kind of put his two front feet you know his wings down and then his back feet kind of he's so long and it's like you're kind of wondering how he's going to move he kind of like <laughs> his back feet kind of hopped down before he got, finally got set in position before and then we got this cool side shot of damon and then corrects his head in the background really cool but, definitely yeah that was a great shot corrects he's a pretty cool dragon the blood worm definitely i can't wait to see more of vermithor mm. he was uh Jaharis's the, the conciliator, the former kings, it, it was his dragon, correct? Yep. So he hasn't really seen too much battle and stuff, uh, it seems, because that was a peaceful reign. I wonder how old he was, if he was hatched with Jaehaerys or if he was already alive prior to Jaehaerys' birth. Was he Magor's dragon as well, or did Magor <laughs> ride Balerion? I believe... I believe I believe Magor rode Balerion. I'd have to research, do a little research yeah. on that. But Magor rode Balerion. I just googled because it. he took. Yeah, okay. Magor took Blackfire. He took the crown. Uh, basically, he took everything that Aegon II here last episode took. Mm-hmm. Um, except you know, he uh, Aegon doesn't have Balerion. Aegon II doesn't have Balerion because he's dead. But mm-hmm. <sighs> pretty crazy how how Otto tries to play all that. It's like we got the sword, we got the crown. You know, I don't think Otto mentions the knife or the da- the the Song of Ice and Fire dagger, bro. That scene between I heard some people complaining on Twitter about 
a choking scene and I was like, okay. And I just scrolled past it. I'm like, I don't know who it is or what it is, but when it happened, I was like, Oh, Damon, bro, what are you? Stop. stop. <laughs> Damon is so hardcore. That yeah, was crazy. Vermithor, Vermithor only ever had one dry, uh, rider and it was Jahiri's. Ooh. So maybe he was his egg that hatched when he was a little baby. You know, yeah, the, the tradition uh, of the house. Vermithor was born between 30 and 35 AC after the conquering and Jaharis took him at 48. So he was about 18 years old. (laughs) Just a, just a wee dragon pup. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. We're we're in the 130-ish time frame, I think, AC now. So Vermithor is basically, you know, 100 years old, possibly. Vanguard is probably 150 or 200 years old, maybe. Yeah, he's up there. He's close to Balerion's age, I believe. Balerion. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. I wish that Rainey's the original Rainey's um, Aegon's sister wife, her dragon, um, where her, she and the dragon were killed in Dorne. I wish her dragon oh, somehow yeah. had survived. Um, I can't remember its name. Rainies and oh yeah, um, Valerion, uh, Vagar, Meraxes, Meraxes, yeah. There's Caraxes, Meraxes, Damon, Amond, Vaymond, Reina, Bela. <laughs> you know, all these names well, are so the, brutal. The silver lining in the war is that as people die, we won't have to remember their names anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see dragons die, though. And I mean, I know we're. Definitely oh. going to see more dragons die, but bro, little Arax, man, he was so tiny compared to Vagar. Yeah. Just oh man, how about that shot where it, you know it shows kind of from Vagar's perspective behind and to the right as you see Arax flying along, and then uh, Luke looks back and there's nothing there, and then it goes to a shot from underneath looking up over, and Arax is flying, mm. but then Vagar is like. Whoa. flying over him and you can see him in the lightning just for a second before he disappears into the into the the clouds again man that was crazy can you imagine how scary that would be (laughs) in the middle of a storm (laughs) on a tiny little dragon (laughs) with a huge vagar floating flying around yeah not much fun and then we heard him before we saw him again Remember, they did it the same way uh, mm-hmm. during the flight, the air, aerobatics scene with Damon and with uh, L- Lena. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, Lena, before she got roasted. Uh, Damon's flying on Caraxes, and then you hear a grumbling, and then it cuts to Vagar, who flies by. So they did kind of the same thing here, where you heard him growl as, with his deep rumbling, grumbling uh you know, nice. voice before we actually saw him. And, uh, All right, guys, I'm going to have to run and, uh, getting late for me. And sounds I was good. glad I could hop on and talk with y'all, but y'all feel free, <laughs> obviously, to go on and have a big time. I'll watch or listen later and we'll, uh, get the main, the regular episode of the podcast out and get it recorded. And, uh, very interested to watch it again and, break everything down for y'all yeah and uh next weekend we're gonna go live as well and talk about uh just like a wrap-up episode where we discuss the whole season uh matthew you're welcome to join us for that as well if you want we're gonna have uh, archmaster stitches joining us too um so that should be a good time 
get everybody's views on the season as a whole and everything like that. But yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks for joining us and uh, glad you could make it. Hope you have a nice rest of your evening and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow and get the regular old episode recorded. <laughs> awesome. I'll take it easy. All right. Later, Zach. Hey, see ya. Yeah, man. So what else is there that happened in this episode that, that we haven't talked about yet? I'm trying to draw a blank. I wasn't taking notes or anything. So, <laughs> Well, news reached Dragonstone. Rhaenyra had her miscarriage. Uh, Damon questioned oh, the, the king's guard. The miscarriage so hardcore. Yeah, it was tough. It's they do not um they do not portray pregnancy in <laughs> very um yeah I don't know safely what you call <laughs> not very uh Serene, good like, light in the back in yeah Westeros days, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think it had to have been maybe one month, maybe two months premature. Yeah. It seemed, uh, somebody said it was earlier than it should be. And it seems like having heard the news of the usurpation in King's Landing, it seems to have triggered the miscarriage. And she was so focused on everything that was happening. Luke and Jace show up and she's trying to give birth, but she's listing off all of the things that have happened. And she's, you know, Viserys is dead. There's the, the usurpation, usurpation has taken place in King's Landing. Aegon's been crowned king. And Jake, Jason, Luke were just kind of watching like, oh my God, this, this is horrible. <laughs> what is going on here? Oh man, the part, man, the part with the sapphire in the eye was so cool. I really liked that. That was so yeah, awesome. Jason, or Luke was terrified. Just he almost looks in. like a Bond villain, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. He looks like a madman. And then, you know, he, he's so aggressive in that scene. He's demanding that Luke cut out one of an his own eyes, eye. tosses uh-huh. him the dagger. Reminded me of the scene in The Dark Knight where uh, the Joker's like, we're going to have tryouts. And he snaps the pool cue and tosses it to the two guys. <laughs> and Boros was just not having it. Not having it. Um, and Luke just looked nervous to see uh, Eamon there at all just his presence put him on edge and screwed everything up did we we see Allison send him to Storm's End last episode she did mention that someone has to go ensure Storm End's yeah there was talk of Storm's End but I don't think we actually saw um anything come of that as to who was being sent or anything. Um, so that was kind of a surprise. He gets yeah. there and, and big bad Amond is there. And every time that he's seen Amond, he's looked scared for the past couple episodes. So well, I haven't had the best history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely foreshadowing this crazy conflict. I really liked how the, the, the scene with Rhaenyra on the bridge landing with Cyrax, totally paralleled the scene from earlier on in this series when Aim, mm-hmm. Aim, uh, when Damon had stole the dragon's egg and she landed behind Otto just like she did this time and walked right through the group. What a power move. 
this time they're against her straight up. Last time it was Damon who was against her and she walked through her own ranks to go face mm-hmm. off with Damon. This time she walked through enemy ranks of the Greens and none of them would dare touch her because Cyrax was still there. P- big power move. That was really cool. I love, I love how she uh, rips off the the hand of the king oh uh, yeah pin and just tosses it you're no more ocean. hand than he is king and tosses it so that's two times we've seen the pin removed from Otto <laughs> in the series oh man that was crazy Otto must have been you know nervous I was just like roast him just roast him you know <laughs> just oh man he was like where's the where's the princess you know and just saying that alone was a dig because not calling her the queen. Not calling then, her queen. Yeah, then she comes flying around on top of Cyrax. That was really cool. So just him going there, expecting her to, uh, you know, bend the knee. Yeah. And her just swooping in, wearing her father's crown, which Otto probably assumed was burned up in the funeral pyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that would have answered his question right yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. He, they must have been like, where's the crown? Where's the crown? Uh, man, that was so cool. I love that when just the display of honor from Eric showing up and, oh man, Screen Crush, Ryan Airy. You ever, you ever watch Screen Crush? No. Oh man, check it out. Really good videos. Um, very highly produced informative videos regarding game of Game of thrones house of the dragon all the star wars shows and stuff like that he breaks down all the easter eggs and hints to other things mm-hmm. there was like 131 easter eggs for the last episode of <laughs> house of the dragon wow. of hot d but yeah he's he's cool he's he's he does his podcast with his dog you know there's a like it'll cut to the dog and he does like a voice where the dog says something and you know, like he, he was like, oh, they don't have a dog in this fight. And the dog's like, what, you, what did you say? <laughs> he was like, oh, no offense. <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh, but he got it wrong. He thought it was Eric that left Aegon's service to go join uh, Rhaenyra. But uh, it was Eric with an E, which we learned definitively in this episode. And his brother, Eric, was actually there at the bridge, you know, during that standoff scene. Uh, right behind Otto. So they act, it actually showed the two brothers on opposite sides uh, in that scene, which was really cool to see. So in this episode, we had an Eric, an Eric, and an Eric's. <laughs> yeah, so brutal. These names, man. These names are <laughs> off the chain. Yeah, a little more variety with Tolkien's names, I will, I will admit. Um, yeah. You know, only comparing the two because George R. R. Martin has based so much stuff off of J.R.R. R. Tolkien. You know, even his own name, J.R.R. R. Tolkien, George R.R. R. 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 Martin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the concept of the long night is the darkness that's coming over uh, Middle Earth from Mordor. Um, you know, winter's coming, darkness is coming. So many different things. Um, Skin changers, another concept from Lord of the Rings that ended up in in uh, wargs. Although the wargs are different, but they use the same wolf talking, you know, uh, talking wolves in Lord of the Rings. But people who can like see through wolves' eyes and skin change into wolves in this uh, in in Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, 
I've I've been rewatching Lord of the Rings lately and just watched the Hobbit, a couple of the Hobbit movies for the first time. So I'm noticing all these similarities, which is kind of why it's on my mind at the moment. Um, yeah, what else have we not talked about from this episode? Anything? I, I you know I'd oh, have to go back the, and watch the whole thing. Oh How yeah, they lit the thing and it started glowing mm. gold between all the cracks and all the writing and stuff. What, what, what was that? I didn't really see exactly how that happened. <laughs> they had these like, uh, braziers full of coal and they like slid them under the table. Oh, okay. And I, I, I don't know what kind of wood that is not to <laughs> just go up in flames, you know? Yeah, that was really cool. I liked that a lot. The, the, all the lettering and everything starts glowing gold and we got some close-ups of the map table that we hadn't really seen before we got to where we got to see how everything was carved in and labeled like drift mark where which luceris was kind of rubbing his hand on and i liked how that it showed them going to the boxes and opening the boxes and we saw all of the the pieces that Mm -hmm. are going to be used to to plan the war on the map table i wonder uh who ends up moving the map table to that upper room where it was when stannis occupies Mm -hmm. dragonstone uh, I don't know. It, it <laughs> probably get some of the servants to move it, you know? <laughs> yeah, at some point. Oh, man. Pretty crazy episode. Pretty crazy episode overall. Anything else you want to add uh, before we start to wrap this thing up? No, I, I mean, I think that's that's good for now. We call it, covered all the, the big things. For sure. And uh, a second watch will just fill in all the gaps, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking forward to second watch, pausing and analyzing and rewinding. And what I do when, I, when I'm preparing the podcast is I have, I download a transcript. And so I'm sitting there and looking at the lines and I sort of add my own commentary in between the lines on the transcript. And then that's what I go off of when we, when we do the show. So it mm-hmm. will be interesting to, to just take a closer look at this episode and break things down a little bit more. So we, we have a fully prepared uh, podcast and yeah. Are you, you think it'd be free next weekend to do a se- season wrap up show with us? That's possible. Yeah. Given the, whatever time it ends up being. Yeah. We are thinking about going live at like eight thirty, eight, eight thirty, eight or nine. You know, so around the same time that the show usually airs or would be airing. Yeah, I'll let you know. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been great having you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely look forward to having you back as soon as possible. (laughs) Thanks to anybody out there who's tuned in to this (laughs) haphazard (laughs) broadcast that (laughs) hopefully some of it got out there (laughs) without buffering too much. Um, I recorded most of it in my my DAW over here, so I'm going to put together as much as I can and make an an episode uh, to release uh, in podcast form. I'll get that out by the morning. And uh, until next time, Thanks for tuning in to Game of Microphones, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks again, Matthew, for joining us. Sir Matthew of House Rep, and great having you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. You are very welcome. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. See ya.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 